5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Nice to have you with us here as we uh, get you through the drive home on this Thursday. A warm, sunny day here in the East, uh, and uh, we are uh, up and running here. Big day today on the show. Mike Swartz will be with us. ECU head basketball coach about to embark on his second season. A lot of High hopes for Pirate basketball. They've got 20 home games on the docket, so it's an exciting time around ECU basketball. So plenty to talk about with Coach Swartz. Uh, We'll hear from some Pirate football players if we have time here today. And uh, we uh, will get you into uh, the evening here on this uh, Thursday as we inch ever closer and closer to the college football season. Uh, we, of course, uh, I've probably fielded half a dozen calls and uh, probably a dozen text messages today, people wanting to know about uh, what's going on with realignment. That continues to kind of be the, the mode that everybody is is interested in. I know they talked about it some today, even when uh, Hank Hinton appeared on uh, Stephen Igo's Hoist the Colors radio show to, uh, to talk about uh, Team Boneyard, the NIL collective for uh, East Carolina. So. A um, couple things that caught my eye, uh, you, we said yesterday, and if you missed that, it bears repeating, that the, the from, from high on up at East Carolina, the expectation is that nobody will be leaving the American to join the Pac-12, which is now whittled down to four, and, and the anticipation also from uh, higher up in the university is that nobody will be leaving the Mountain West to go join the the Pac-4. doesn't mean it would not go the other way. It's just anything you see about anybody leaving their current home in the American or Mountain West to go to the Pac-12 uh, or Pac-4 is not likely. Um, interesting stuff from Brett McMurphy today, who is a credible journalist. We've had him on this show, obviously, uh, recently. Uh, on the Pac-12's demise, uh, he cites a report from an L.A. Times uh, reporter who covers uh, college athletics, Brady McCullough. Uh, George Klyavkov tried blocking UCLA's move to the Big Ten with Cal Regents. Then in October 2022, ESPN offered the Pac-12 $30 million a school, but a Pac-12 president, quote, worked with a professor on his campus who estimated the school's market value was $50 million per school. So the Pac-12, based on this professor's advice, asked for $50 million a school, and ESPN said no. And I had heard the story about uh, there was some hard feelings, particularly from the California schools, uh, with the departures of UCLA and uh, the departures of uh, UCLA and USC. And they they did try to, to put a halt to that at uh, the university or political level. Uh, Brett also tweeted out uh, around this time yesterday, and I thought this was uh, interesting, Condoleezza Rice and George W. Bush 
have contacted the ACC to lobby for those schools to get an ACC invite. Now, that's a report that uh, Brett is citing Pat Forty on. Uh, he was the first one to report it. Condoleezza Rice representing Stanford's interests. Obviously, she has a uh, longstanding history at that university. And then George W. Bush is kind of the SMU superfan, and he's a former president. And what you, Whatever you think of uh, those two politically, to have those people call on your behalf to the ACC is, is pretty interesting. Um, Brett tweets, no word if Marshawn Lynch is reaching out on Cal's behalf. Clark, remember that thing where you played earlier said, I'm not here, I'm just not here to get fined? If you could find that, that is Marshawn Lynch. I'm just here, so I won't uh, get fined. Yes, that's Marshawn Lynch. That might, might be what he's doing for Cal. He just might be doing that so he doesn't get fined. That might be what he's, what he's doing. Uh, so there is that. Um, and we've also got, uh, you know, I think this is kind of uh, interesting. Again, um, we reported this late in the show yesterday. It was from an Andrea Edelson article. Uh, on ESPN, she, of course, is one of their uh, longtime writers, does a great job, that essentially the the door is not closed on Cal or uh, maybe even SMU, but Cal and Stanford joining the ACC. Door's not shut yet. Uh, could still happen, just based on what happened last week. You have the four uh, hard nose to expand, and that's just that doesn't look like that's going to be the case now. So we'll see how it uh, shakes out. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting uh, today. Uh, a couple other things that we're seeing, uh, I'll remind you of this as well. Uh, we're going to have coverage of the uh, Meet the Pirates event coming up Saturday. It's a closed scrimmage that day. Um, but uh, we will have that day uh, for you uh, our coverage like we've done historically for years of the meet the pirates, uh, media day. And so we'll hear from coach Houston. We'll hear from, uh, some players possibly, uh, hope to hear from assistant coaches. We're going to be on the air at one 30 on 94, three, the game. This is a radio only endeavor on Saturday. And, uh, we'll be, uh, doing that, uh, on site. And, uh, once we, uh, exhaust our interviews because the windows are really, really tight, then we'll, uh, we will, uh, get off the air. So we, I, I'm thinking we'll be on the air for the better part of an hour. Uh, but it could be maybe 45 minutes. Again, a lot of this is based on, there's only certain windows. There's a lot of media there. So we hope to get people in one-on-one -on -one settings, but it just may not materialize, but we feel like there will be somebody in the one-on-one -on -one with us, uh, that day. Very excited to talk to uh, the players. Very excited to talk to the coaches. Hope to hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Carroll, as well as Coach Houston. Uh, Raquan Boyette is one of our good friends, so uh, we might hear from him. We've had Trip Weaver and Roy Tesh on in the past when it comes to those things. So uh, we'll see how that all shakes out. One other uh, note for the uh, BMW Championship second leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, three-way tie at the top. Rory McIlroy is out on the course currently. He is uh, playing 17, and he is four under for the opening round. Uh, it is Matt Fitzpatrick uh, turning in a uh, opening round four under, as did uh, the American uh, Shahith Thigala. 
who has uh, played well at times late in the season, did last year and uh, is playing well right now, uh, obviously. Uh, others are vying for uh, spots. you got a group uh, trio that is a shot back at three under. They're all still out on the course. Uh, they include uh, Brian Harmon. Uh, they include uh, Cam Young, who's uber talented, and uh, it includes Corey Connors, the Canadian out there. Uh, they're all a shot back. So uh, time allows. We'll certainly uh, come back and take a look at that. Uh, reminder, tomorrow it'll be our final show of the football season on Fridays at 5 o'clock. We have the start of the high school football season tomorrow, so we're going to talk with uh, Brian North from News Channel 12 and the Blitz, which uh, has its uh, season premiered tomorrow night uh, at 11 on News Channel 12. We'll also have uh, Doug Martin tomorrow, and we're going to have Doug on Fridays uh, talking uh, pirate uh, football. Uh, and uh, also talking college football and really whatever else in the world of football. So Doug will be with us uh, tomorrow. Uh, all of that will be on at 10 o'clock on our video streams in the morning. So uh, if you're at work and it's Friday and you don't want to do anything, get on your computer. <laughs> I don't know if I should have said that. Get on your computer or your tablet, iPad, and you can watch uh, us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, and uh, X. Uh, and watch uh, that show. I think we're going to have North on that that as well. So it's gonna we're going to get those two segments in uh, for sure. We might even do a hold my beer. I don't know. All right, uh, intern German is with us. Clark Willis is with us, and we'll have Mike Swartz with us talking some pirate basketball when we come back on the Thursday version of the Patrick Johnson Show. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Back in on the show as we get ready for the start of football season. A good time to check in with Pirate Basketball because they're coming off uh, some of their summer workouts. Coach Mike Swartz entering his second season at the helm of the uh, Pirate program. A great uh, job he did in year one and a great recruiting job and uh, a lot of excitement surrounding Pirate basketball as we uh, get ready to look towards that. Coach Swartz with us here. Coach, thank you for the time as always and uh, hope it's been a good summer for you. Quick, I know. Yeah, no, appreciate it, Patrick. Great great to talk with you. And uh, Yeah, it has been. You know, uh, we're, we're very excited about this team. We love these guys. Uh, it's a little bit of a downtime right now we finished up our eight-week training camp uh last week so the guys get about you know a week and a half to two weeks where they get to go home and see their families and, and uh you know kind of re recharge before we get going here to the fall they'll all be back this weekend and uh yeah i hope you've had a great summer as well yeah absolutely thank you and uh let me ask you a little bit about just in these eight weeks what was accomplished you know top to bottom on the roster in your mind yeah, you know, the biggest thing, that, and I said this last year, the number one thing that we always, uh, that our program wants to be about is player development. So that's still always at the forefront in the off offseason, uh, particularly in the spring and summer. Uh, you know, as you get into the preseason, obviously player development still is going to be, you know, at a premium, but you start to really focus in on team concepts and, and as you get closer to the season, game plans, et cetera. But, so player development was definitely at the, you know, the number one thing that we did, and that's all the guys. And, you know, this is a time for them, a chance to improve their skill sets and add to their game and, uh, you know, enhance their strengths and improve on their weaknesses. And then with that, 
you also, because of NCAA rules, we get to practice as a team. So Mm -hmm. we did have team practices throughout the summer too. And basically what we try and do, Patrick, is get the foundation in, the real foundation. You can't get into a bunch of details and over-the-top special situations and things like that, but you get the foundation on both sides of the ball, and I think we accomplished that. Where is the culture year two as opposed to a year ago? You know, I, I hope uh, and I feel and very confident in our coaching staff and our team would say this, is that it, it's continuing to get stronger. You know, culture isn't something that you build and leave alone. Uh, right. You know, or, or once it's done, it's like a, a building. It just stays there. It, it, culture is every single day you're always building it. I mean, it is a literally an everyday thing. So, uh, yeah, I believe it's, it's stronger than it was last year. Uh, we love the culture that we have started to build here last year within our team, within our coaching staff, within everything that uh, really, you know, is, is our program. But it is continuing every day, and we're going to make it stronger and stronger. So, uh, but but really do love the, the the guys know what our program is about, what is important to our program, who we are, what we want to stand for on and off the court, and the type of basketball we want to play. And we have a long way to go. And we're going to continue to make it better, but definitely do like where it is a year ago, uh, where it is today. We're talking ECU basketball here in the offseason with uh, Pirate head coach Mike Swartz, who joins us on the Patrick Johnson Show. When I last talked to you in July, uh, Ezra Azar was uh, about to be cleared. In fact, I think it was the either the day he was cleared or the day before. Uh, he'd had the shoulder surgery. How is he looking in the aftermath of that and since he's – He's gotten back in. Uh, where has his game evolved? Yeah, no, that's, um, you know, he did. Exactly. It's exactly right when we spoke. It was right prior to him being cleared. Uh, you know, he was out for from the end of the season until that conversation we had in July, roughly. So he got about three weeks of full practice. Uh, he did a great job. You know, I tell you, our trainer, Nate Clark, and our strength coach, Keith Pugh, uh, were diligent with him in terms of his rehab and strength and conditioning prior to him getting on the court and after he got on the court. But once he got on the court, you know, he hit the ground running. Obviously, if you spoke to him and you spoke to anybody, he's got a long way to go in terms of wanting to be in the shape uh, that, that he wants to be in anytime you have you know, miss that much time. It's hard. Basketball shape is different than right. just being in good strength and conditioning or rehab shape. So, you know, that's something that he'll continue to work on because he only did get about three weeks on the court. Um, but one thing with the way the injury was, he had a chance to continue to work on his, you know, in a perimeter game and shooting like you and I talked about. And that was really an emphasis this summer. It's obviously a little disappointing that he was out for so long. And I know he was disappointed about that because, you know, that's the one thing you can't work on. It was his right shoulder. But once he got cleared to be able to do uh, mobility stuff, shooting motion stuff, then being cleared for live and high rep volume shooting, no doubt about it, Ezra's put a lot of time into shooting the basketball and uh, you know, that combined with just the experience of being a sophomore, Patrick, I think, uh, you know, in, in the limited time he had, uh, he was able to take full advantage of it and, and become a better player. Mike, I know you want him to, to be a guy that can contribute from the perimeter, maybe a stretch four, uh, who knows, maybe even play some three basketball. So, uh, you know, transitional in that there are no positions really anymore. Uh, and but, but with that said, do you feel like from a – strength standpoint you can accomplish what you want to accomplish with him while he builds up that shoulder and while he does get in game shape in the next several months yeah no absolutely and you know what uh 
that perimeter game, that perimeter shooting is going to be, uh, you know, an added bonus. And it's something that he has to spend a lot of time on and we have to spend a lot of time on. And we want to do what is best for him and his future in terms of giving him the opportunity to play this game for a long time at ECU and beyond. So he needs to, and he would be the first to say that. Uh, But Ezra is a downhill what makes Ezra special is his ability to get downhill, get into the paint, you know, not as a traditional post player where you throw the ball to him and it's already in the paint, but he can get there off the bounce. He can get there from the mid post area facing up and driving the basketball. So that's not going anywhere. And in fact, uh, we need that. And that's going to only be enhanced and we're going to need more of it and, and, and even more efficiency from that and what he showed last year because he's really dynamic in that area. The point is, is that when you have the opportunity to become a good shooter and you can stretch the floor and you can keep the defense honest, and it's not about shooting three or four threes a game, anything like that. It's just the ability with such a quick first step and the ability to drive the basketball and put fouls on the defense. If he can knock down open shots and knock down open mid-range shots or face-up shots and every once in a while knock down an open three, it's only going to enhance him and this team, and we want to do it for him, and we need it. Absolutely. Uh, Coach Mike Swartz joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. R.J. Felton uh, in a boot last month. He's out and, and doing quite well from what I understand. I, I'm sure you'll elaborate on that if, if you care to, but uh, you talk about someone who plays bigger than their height. Great reach, great athleticism, and a little bit on R.J., Coach, where you feel like his game is headed. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, as far as just kind of make a note to the boot, you know, I think in the summertime, it's an, it's always a time, and in the off season, you can be a little bit extra cautious. So it was nothing serious. It was, you know, just foot was bothering him. And, you know, when you get in there, they didn't see anything. But sometimes in the summer, that's the perfect time to be a little bit extra cautious again with, with little, nick, uh, you know, knick-knack injuries and, and, and nagging injuries, things like that. So he – you know, we put him in a boot for a couple of weeks and he was back and he practiced the last two weeks full go. So he's doing great as far as his game and, and what we expect. You know, again, I say this and I'll say it over and over again about RJ. I said it the other day when I was talking to somebody as great of a player as he is, as he is, as uh, dynamic of he is on the court. What makes RJ so special is the kind of person he is, the teammate that he is, the, the budding leader that he is within the locker room and his work ethic. And when you combine those things with his ability and his ability to play bigger than his size, as you said, and his ability to score the basketball. Last year, he he leads us in scoring, basically, uh, you know, after Javon went down. And he scored in so many different ways. And that's the first time in college that he had scored that way. He really scored on all three levels, at the rim, in the mid-range, behind the three-point line. He did so many things. And he's a dynamic offensive rebounder, which goes to your point. That really is what sparks him. When he gets on the offensive glass, it seems to trigger something for him. So all that being said, uh, you know, he's got a pretty complete game. So we look for it to even be better this year. I would say the two errors, Patrick, that we really want to see improvement that we've worked on with RJ is consistency behind the three-point line. Obviously, anytime you can get up towards that 40% or above as a three-point shooter. And then number two would be, playing off the bounce as RJ is really good off the bounce, but he's got to understand that defenses are going to really, they're going to gravitate to him. And so the ability to do stuff off the bounce with less dribbles 
is going to be important for him. And he wants to. He wants to grow in that area because he knows that. Because nobody's going to let R.J. bounce the ball four or five times and, and, and you know and go get a shot. They're going to collapse. And making those reads and being efficient there and making passing plays, uh, that's where R.J. is going to continue to grow. And you know what? That comes with experience. And, and he is the first, and he is so eager uh, to grow in those areas. Coach Mike Swartz, we're talking pirate basketball. Brandon Johnson, uh, I'm sure, is bigger physically than he uh, was even last year. And he'd made great jumps from his first year at ECU to uh, his second season, which was your first on the sidelines. And uh, I understand Brandon may be coming out of the shell a little bit, a little more vocal. So that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a that's a huge thing. And you know what? Uh, it's been great. And I think that comes with confidence and that comes with expectation that he knows how much uh, expectation, the standard we hold him to. But, you know, funny, Brandon is such a special person because Brandon built, built up his own expectation because of the way he works. And, and we obviously, you know, encourage and motivate and, and we're putting game plans and blueprints in front of him and what – but he, everything he does is to another level. I mean, he's in the gym every day at 7 or 7.30, year-round. I mean, he beats the coaches into the gym. And he is there, <laughs> you know, working. And, and that's what he does. No one is telling him he has to do that. Uh, you know, you talk with all these guys about what it takes to be special while you're in college and also and beyond to have a chance to play this game and have a career and a future playing the, the game of basketball. And, you know, he has really taken it to heart in so many ways. So, I think confidence, work ethic plays such a big part in the ability to communicate and, 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 and talk and be comfortable in front of your teammates and coaches. So that's one thing. And then I would say this for Brandon, as much as anybody from the minute the season ended last year, Brandon has really focused on being able to play on the perimeter more efficiently. And you think about it, Brandon, Brandon led us in rebounding. He's one of the league leaders in rebounding. We obviously played through him in the post as much as we could. Brandon, we still need that from him, but he truly has taken on an aspect of playing on the perimeter like a big wing. And that he'll still play a perimeter four. He'll still play when we go small ball five and he can stretch the floor. But he truly is playing like a six nine wing right now. And and that's exciting. And, you know, he's got to continue to grow on both sides of the ball, particularly defense, to be able to do that. But he has put ample effort all spring, all summer into his mobility, east-west, playing low, things that you have to do to be able to be a, you know, a wing forward. S smart young man, too, all academic. And I, I had a chance to talk to him uh, in the spring. He was at one of the softball games for, for a project with his uh, class. And uh, he, he, once, he war once he warms up, he, I mean, just a really we all we know he's a great young man, but uh, just a really bright and thoughtful young man too. Yeah, extreme and got a, a very good sense of humor. Yeah, uh, kind of that that dry sense of humor that that we all love. And I remember one of the very first times I met Brandon, you know, past last year, and I'm walking on campus and I see him and I say, "Hey, what's up, Brandon?" And I said, "How you doing?" He said, "Oh," and he has a real somber look on his face. He said, "Oh, I just had a test." I said, man, how did it go? And he looks at me and he puts his eyes down and says, oh, I got an F coach. And come to find out, he keeps walking. He come to find out, I see him later. He smirks at me. I said, Brandon, man, what happened on that test? He goes, coach, I got an A coach. <laughs> so, you know, Brandon, we know Brandon's a really good student, and, and so, uh, which is great. But, yeah, I, I learned that pretty quickly that he's got a nice little dry sense of humor. 
We're going to have more with Coach Swartz coming up after these words. So stay with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show on the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. It's the Patrick Johnson Show here on 94.3 The Game and the IBX Media app. Coach uh, Mike Swartz is joining us here this afternoon to talk some pirate basketball. Uh, Coach, a lot of ground to cover here, and uh, we appreciate the time. Let's uh, ask you one more thing, uh, kind of on an injury front, Bobby Pettiford with a hand or wrist issue. Uh, How is that looking for him as far as being able to, to, you know, be with you guys and get ready for the season? I understand it's nothing that's really long-term, it's just kind of been a pesky deal and, and kept him out a little bit, uh, perhaps, during the uh, summer. Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, a, he would be the first to say a silly freak accident. Right. Um, you know, he, he, he missed a shot, got a little upset. Not even hard. Not You know, Bobby is such a mellow. Uh, he's got such a great demeanor about him. It's what makes him special as a point guard. It's what makes him special as a locker room leader. Uh, his ability to communicate and talk with guys and handle adversity and, uh, you know, so much credit to his parents and, and who he is as a player and who he is as a person and, and, and coach self and their staff at Kansas for what they've done and helped him. And, but Bobby really has got a great demeanor uh, for a point guard. And he missed a shot and he hit his hand against the wall, nothing egregious. And I guess he just hit it at the wrong angle and, and hurt his hand. And so uh, he was out. You know, he missed the final two or so weeks of summer, two to three weeks, and he'll miss the first couple weeks of fall. He's getting ready. He's going to be in rehab here real soon in terms of out of the cast and everything, and he'll be back. He'll be back by mid-September, so everything will be okay, and he'll be fine. It's just kind of a kind of a freak accident that, you know, maybe ends up being something that, he, you know, you have to be able to, even when you're disappointed, even when you're frustrated, and as calm as a person as he is, he's just one of those moments that happen, and he'll learn from it, but um, he'll be fine physically. Um, but So he'll be back on the court, yeah. yeah like you said. Competitive son of a gun, though, and uh, he, he's as that's, quick that's as what a got hiccup. Him. That's yeah. what got him that's in that what, moment. Yeah. yeah, quick as a hiccup, too. I mean, he's, he's something. Uh, Coach Mike Swartz with us here. Uh, Coach, uh, the status of Cam Hayes, where are we with that right now? I know there's only – you know, so much you know because it's, I guess, in the hands of the NCAA, and if it's not right now in the hands, it's soon to be in the hands of the uh, NC2A. Yeah, exactly. I wish I wish I had more, and I would love to elaborate if I knew, and I, you know me, I would, uh, but <laughs> they just don't know anything about it and, and just kind of an, an unknown, you know, kind of a, a waiting-to-wait type scenario. Coach, I don't want to lump a bunch of guys in uh, a group, but just for the – the nature of uh, the time we have with you, uh, that's probably the best way to go about it. But uh, of, of the other returners, who has stood out to you? Yeah, I would say, you know, three guys I thought, you know, that had really four guys. But, you know, when I when I think of what Jaden Walker did this summer, uh, we saw how he came on at the end of last season. Uh, you know, he went from playing the four to the three to the two to starting at the point and did a lot. It was very versatile for us on both sides of the ball. But he's had a really good summer continuing his progression at the point spot. But now being able to be on the floor with a, 
a, a Bobby Pettiford or a Cam Hayes and, you know, and having multiple guys that can, can lead the break during practice and lead the offense and, whether, you know, whether whoever's on the ball or off the ball. And I thought he really handled that really well, and I thought he took his overall work ethic and experience that he had last year to another level this summer. So that was big. Uh, Quentin DeBunge had a very strong summer. I think physically we all know that Quentin – is, is someone that's physically capable of being very successful and he's talented. I think the biggest thing with Quentin was the experience of playing the game and not playing a lot as a freshman at Tennessee, having ups and downs last year. He had some really great moments and he had some moments that, you know, weren't as, you know, obviously he wanted more and we wanted more from him. But I always said this about Quentin. It was just the understanding about defense, understanding the importance that he and what he's capable of on the defensive side of the ball. And he took that to a very, very high level this summer in terms of competing and understanding and wanting to make an impact on that side of the ball. So that was great to see. And the other two guys that I would say this, that had really good summers, one is Valentino Panetto. And Val, one of the biggest reasons he had a great summer was it's his first summer here. Last summer he played with the U18 mm-hmm. uh, Spain national team. So he missed an off season and, there are two really important summers for players in college. Your first summer from high school to college and your second summer. Once you know what this thing is about as a freshman in college Mm -hmm. and what do you do to continue to improve after your first year. And so at least we got that with him this year. And he's such a smart person and smart player that he took full advantage of that and what he did. And then the last guy is Caleb uh, LeCount. I thought Caleb had a very strong summer and a lot like Clinton, it's because physically he decided to make a real commitment to the defensive end. And, and Caleb, if he was right here with us right now, Patrick, we'd say that's the only way that you can make an impact in college at a very high level. We know he can score the basketball. He can do things. He's a dynamic player. He plays the point well. But he has to impact the game on defense for him to be truly effective, and I thought he embraced that this summer. That's great to hear Coach Mike Swartz talking pirate basketball with us. The great Cy Seymour chimed in with the question. We always got to get to Cy's questions, as you know, uh, whenever he, he has them. But Cy particularly wants to know how your your freshman, uh, specifically uh, to Corey Faison, the youngster from uh, from Goldsboro, and then Sear uh, Malanga, who is the uh, near seven-footer uh, out of uh, the Congo originally. How have those two adapted? And maybe uh, throw in Callum Richard there from Gaston Day as well. Yeah, no, awesome. I love those guys. They're going to be a great core group for this uh, for ECU and, and our program for, for over the years. And you know what? I think all three of them have a chance to really find their niche this year. You know, don't quite know yet where it will come. A lot depends on rotation and a lot depends on how they continue to advance. But real quick, going over the three, uh, starting with Sikori, you know, just a college-ready physical body, physical athletic wing that uh, truly had moments where you look at him out there and you would never think he's a freshman based on his physical ability and some of the plays that he made. I think the biggest thing with Sikori is going to be just continuing to understand the game and understand that he's got he's going up against guys that are like him now, same size, same athleticism. And so some of the things and decisions you make, the game was pretty fast for him on the perimeter this summer, but he had some really great moments in practice and workouts. He improved a lot. 
Uh, love him. And he is going to be a special, special player in the Pirate uniform. It's just going to be continued. You know, and when we get to the preseason and our hours go up in practice and we have more team practices and he can has more time to grasp all the, you know, the nuances of the game on both sides of the ball, I think it'll really help him. But very good summer and, and a physically gifted player. Uh, Sear and Cal, this is the best way to talk about those two guys. Both of them did really good things in the summer. Sear has a chance to help us in an area because a defensive-minded airspace center, a true airspace center, a guy that plays above the rim on offense and defense, can go block shots, alter shots, a pick-and-roll lob guy, play what we would call the dunker spot behind the backboard, play down in the low post short porch area where on drives he can finish above the rim or on drop-offs. And, you know, that that's a big thing because he can – make athletic plays north and south and, and playing above the rim. So we're excited about him. And then uh, Cal is more of a true back-to-the-basket player. I think Cal is a physical, you know, he knows how to seal. He knows how to use angles. Uh, and granted, that's not as common these days and a guy that just stays down in the post. But you know what? We're going to utilize it with him and it, what happened this summer. And he started to really hit his best basketball as he got to the end of summer. And then he got elbowed in the face and broke his mm. nose. So he, he missed the last couple of weeks. But it's all part of it. But all three guys, what the biggest thing with freshmen, Patrick, that you want is that they can grasp, as you mentioned earlier, the culture, the work ethic. What is it going to take? What is it going to take to improve on a day-to-day basis? And then can they grasp the, the fundamentals of our program? Can they grasp the basic who are we on offense? Who are we on defense? Who are we off the court? And I thought all three guys did a really nice job of that. But like any freshman, they have a long way to go. And, and when they hit campus this weekend again, you know, we'll, we'll hit it back going. Pirate head coach Michael Swartz, uh, since we spoke with you as well, Reggie Williams elevated uh, to one of the assistant roles and uh, might have just happened when, when I talked to you last uh, publicly. And then Mark Adams has since been added, brings 25 years of head coaching experience at all levels uh, and is just a great defensive mind, most recently at Texas Tech, as folks know. So uh, you're, you're talking about two guys, Williams with his pro exper- you know, experiences and, and what a great player he was at VMI. And then, you know, Coach Adams has, has certainly forgotten more basketball today than a lot of people will ever know. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited about both of them. Uh, I tell you, yeah, I love this staff so much and, uh, and we love Nick Matson, and you knew that. I felt so, you know, strong about Nick and the job he did, and so appreciative of him being here before he moved on to the University of Texas. And so, but to have Reggie Williams be able to stay on staff and as an assistant coach, and to be able to bring Coach Adams in, uh, I feel very fortunate, and I feel like our the cohesiveness of our staff, uh, the chemistry of our staff, and our players. It's so big. And, and, you know, one thing, Patrick, in coaching is it's not always – it isn't – it never is what we know as coaches. It's right. what we have the ability to communicate and hopefully teach and influence and motivate, uh, you know, the student-athletes, our players. And I tell you, Reggie and Mark Adams and Riley Davis and Jake Morton, and, and it goes down, but those two guys, as you were asking about – they just do such a great job communicating with our guys and their demeanor and their ability to communicate with them about what's important. And from two different perspectives, as you can imagine, one as an NBA player uh, and, and one as a 
ultimate experience, former head coach and head coach and done it at all different levels. So it's so, and coached so many great players. So it's a great combination when you think about those two guys being able to, uh, you know, be on our staff right now. We could talk all day. A couple more quick things because I know you got a lot going on. Even now in the uh, so-called downtime, you got a lot going on, Coach. <laughs> uh, I love the non-conference schedule. I like the way it's constructed. I think it's challenging. Uh, it's also one that will allow this group to develop a little chemistry before it gets into some real tests kind of at the latter part in December so or late November and December. So I, I, I really do like the way you've structured this. Uh, just a few remarks on that if you don't mind, Coach. Yeah, excited about it. You know, I think, hey, I, I haven't looked in, in the uh, in the almanac, if they still use that word, but uh, <laughs> I haven't looked in the in the ECU sports almanac to know the last time that ECU ha- is going to have 20 home games. So I couldn't be more excited. I mean, look, if we can play all 31 or 32 games in Minji's, we would. It, it's fantastic, and we talked about that. I mean, uh, we want to make it such a special atmosphere, and we've seen it can be. So to have 20 home games, that's number one uh, that we're really excited about. To be able to host a tournament so appreciative of John Gilbert and, and our whole administration, and, uh, you know, Chancellor Rogers and everybody in the administration to be able to allow us to host a multi-team event, you know, an MTE as they refer to it, a you know, tournament here. So that's going to be great. It's going to be great for our players, great for our fan base and, and excited about that. And then some of the marquee games. I mean, we have a lot of, in our opinion, when you think about some of the opponents that are on the schedule, um, you know, when you're playing Florida in a neutral site game, you know, in, in the Lakeland Magic G League Arena, we'll be going there. Um, you got South Carolina coming into our building. You got UNC Wilmington coming into our building for the next two years. You know, South Carolina, we're going there next year. We'll return the game. We started a series with George Mason. So George Mason will be in our building uh, next year, and we will try to, you know, that the Fairfax this season. And, you know, you got East Tennessee State coming in after Christmas. ETSU, a very strong uh, basketball program. And then you got the conference play. And I know that was released, who's coming into our building mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. when we're going. So I know we don't have the details on conference play yet. I think that comes out about mid-September is when the league will announce that, dates and times, et cetera. But, uh, yeah, like you said, Patrick, I think we put together a really strong schedule. Um, I said that before we got here last year, that we want to have a strong non-conference schedule that prepares us uh, for one of the tougher basketball conferences in the country and, and just, we want to do that mm-hmm. and i think we've done that last thing for you and again thanks for the time it's, it's always great to catch up with you coach but uh the led lights the chair backs i mean this is it, slowly but surely it, it, it the bones are in Minji's for a great venue and atmosphere and, and i'm just glad to see the commitment to to do these things that will enhance especially during this 20 game home slate the game day experience yeah, absolutely. You just hit it on the head and so appreciative of our administration, of the fan base, of the people, of the Pirate Club, of everybody that has helped us uh, to continue to build it. And we know we're going to we're going to keep making it better. We got to do our job, but to have great seatbacks and to have dynamic LED lights to improve that experience. There's so many uh, so many great things that are going to be coming up this season and, and that game day experience is as big as any. So to have those two additions is going to be fantastic in Minji's. Hey coach, it's always great to talk to you. Thank you for the time this afternoon and uh, we'll look forward to, to catch it up with you uh, again, really, really soon. I appreciate it, Patrick. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, there he goes. Mike Swartz with us here on the Patrick Johnson show. 
Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, have our stunning conclusion for you, and it'll include what a veteran pirate thinks of Mason Garcia's progress. Next. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. Coach of the 49ers, Biff Pogge, said the team's goal this year is to win the American Conference. Pogge said that if the 49ers fall short of the conference title, that it means it won't be a successful season. Now, they're picked last by the media, by the coaches, by other people, uh, prognosticators in the American this year. Charlotte opens its 2023 campaign at home against South Carolina State September 2nd. That's it? It is. Uh, Let's do a pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Tight end Shane Calhoun uh, speaking recently about uh, the pirate football program. Let's start with cut eight on the vast soundbite roster today, Clark. Uh, And this is Shane Calhoun on being an older teammate and helping the younger guys. You know, as an older guy in this program, I think, you know, it's my job to uphold the standard. You know, if I keep going hard and doing things the right way, I think the young guys will follow my lead. So I just say, you know, keep your head down, keep working hard, and things will work itself out. Uh, He also talked about uh, what he says to the younger guys about playing in heat. You know, it's a grind. You know, every day is a grind out here, especially when it's hot, you know, sunny, be good weather today. So, you know, I just say to them, keep doing your thing, you know, stay grounded, and, you know, things will come your way eventually. Shane Calhoun on watching Mason Garcia grow as a quarterback. Uh, Mason been playing really well. You know, we have two good quarterbacks and Mason Flynn. Uh, Mason's showing he can be the guy this year, and, you know, he keeps growing every day as ball camp goes on. A couple more here from Shane Calhoun. Uh, He talks about another Pirate quarterback, this one an alum, Holton Aylers, and uh, the TD pass he had in the game last Thursday for the Seahawks. See Holton's uh, touchdown, what do you think of that? I did. It was pretty cool. You know, it was good seeing Holton on the big screen. You know, he deserves everything that's came to him. You know, he's worked hard for it. Ooh, voice snuck in there that heard on Crystal Clear FM. Interesting. Uh, What are some... Things you want to work on, Shane Calhoun? Uh, me personally, you know, I want to be more of a leader, you know, on days like this when it's hot and people, you know, are falling down. I want to be more vocal and, you know, just pick up the team, pick up the offense, keep the guys going like that. Um, me personally, I want to work on, you know, just little things, keeping everything tight, you know, my fundamentals and things will work out. All right, a couple uh, Tegan Wilk cuts here from a uh, recent media scrum he had. Uh, he talked about creating – chaos and uh, stuff from younger players. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. Um, you got to think Coach Harold, Harold's guys were like, are the seniors now. Uh, we were all Coach Harold's guys coming in. Um, so we just pushed that mindset to the young guys, and I think they really took that to heart. Um, and I think they play uh, how our ones and twos uh, really play, and fast, physical, energetic. Uh, if one person makes a play, we all make a play. Um, I think we saw that today from the sideline and everybody else's reactions to some big plays. Wilk on who the guys behind you and are ready to step up. I, you tell Pilkington wrote this list. Uh, let's yeah, hear what uh, behind me has. right now is Devin King, Omar Rogers, um, and Josh Benton. Uh, we brought in a new safety pinball. Uh, 
I mean, they're they're all going to develop good. Uh, it, right now, it's just who can make the calls and who can get lined up because everybody, everybody that is behind me and behind Julius are, are playmakers right now. Um, I think the communication is going great with me, Julius, and every other safety that, uh, that's in there. I know Devin is ready to step up for that bigger role. Um, I know Omar coming from Elon. He was an All-American at Elon, so you already know he's, his mindset is there, um, especially for the first game at Michigan to put on a show. Talking about Devin King, of course, and uh, also Julius Wood. Uh, here is a cut here. He talks about uh, the defense in last weekend's scrimmage played tough. Defense played with a lot of intensity today. Who do you think you can credit for that? Everyone. There's not one person, like I said before, that those young guys took took what we said and took the energy um, and really brought that to, to heart. I don't know if you even know if you've seen on my pick, but there was like five guys down there. And I, this was a long practice, on two hours. So everybody was tired, but you still got five people in the end zone at least uh, coming through for you. And I, I, I got to give a shout out to Pinball because every time that I make a play, I always see him. But it, it, it's the young guys, man. They, they, they took that in. They brought that to heart. Super energetic. All right, Clark, let's skip ahead to cut 17 on the vast soundbite roster. And uh, Tegan Wilk talks about, he mentioned it in that cut we just heard, but he talked about his pick six in last weekend's scrimmage. Yeah, I mean, we're just reading the quarterback's eyes. Uh, I have had a lot of help from uh, Jordan Huff on the outside. Uh, he's actually really the, the reason I made that play. But, um, yeah, took it off and has blocks. Took it to the crib. All right. There you go. Today's pirate report here on the uh, Patrick Johnson Show. Great to yeah, have. I just came here to hit dingers and have a good time. Who hit a dinger? That's about it. Well, I guess it is. That's about it for the Clark just wanted to get that in. Has nothing to do with what we're uh, talking about, but that's okay. He just wanted to get it in. Clark plays cuts all the time that make no sense. <laughs> no, no, no. Look, I can't be bothered but to email you. Just go and crack into my email. That's what I'm going to say. Serious, all right. <laughs> Apparently he was. A lot of inside jokes here. A lot of inside jokes in this last segment. All right, uh, we'll be at it tomorrow at 10 a.m. for the video edition of the show. Back here at 5 o'clock for the radio edition of the show. College coach Doug Martin, one-time ECU offensive coordinator and also a USFL OC. He'll be with us. We'll talk some ball with him. Brian North with the start of the school football season tomorrow night from the Blitz on News Channel 12. Thanks to Mike Swartz today. Thanks to Clark. Thanks to Jaron. And we'll see you in the morning on Talk of the Town at 7 with the Pitt County softball team being honored at Great Harvest and uh, back here on the radio side tomorrow at 5, 10 in the morning on the video side. Have a great evening.